Hey everybody, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks to our sponsor, KnowledgeVine, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. If you want the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then KnowledgeVine is error reduction that works. They were the first company to tie human performance to serious injury and fatality or SIF precursors. Learn more at knowledgevine.com. In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Today, my guest on the show is actually a returning guest from January of this year. And then also, he was the very last show of December of last year. Rory Melee is back on the show. Rory, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Russell. Okay, well, I actually went back and listened to the December podcast, and for some reason or another, I was having computer issues then, and they won't know unless we tell them, but we're having computer issues right now, (laughs) and I'm hoping this thing's working now. We had you on the show in January because we try to have conversations with the experts in the field of HSE and especially safety. That's what we were talking about in January because, Rory, you're in the Utah Army National Guard, right? That's correct. And last year you were a captain. Are you still there? I was just promoted this year to a major. Oh, congratulations. Okay. Thank you. We actually used some of the leadership skills and training ideas that you've gleaned from the military. That was our discussion in January. And of course, we all know at the top of safety is leadership. Without that, everything else crumbles. But something that's kind of become a tradition on this HSE podcast is at the end of every year during the Christmas and other holiday seasons, we try to have a a special focus on mental health because it's ironic that during the year of, well, what's that old saying? For example, Christmas is not about the past or the future, but Christmas is about the presence. So it's supposed to be a time of giving and joy. And the Christian holiday talks about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And yet they tell us that during this time of the year, the crisis hotlines needs more personnel to man the phone systems than any other time of the year. Roy, that's what we talked about last year, the Christmas blues. We actually aired the show. Christmas was on a Sunday last year, and we aired the show. That meant New Year's was, of course, on a Sunday, so we aired it that week in between. I'm going to try to work it out with production. We're going to try to get this show at the beginning of the holiday season so we can hopefully get some resources out there for people who may be struggling with this issue or who know people who are struggling with this issue. I guess I should tell everybody, Rory is the director of EHS for a company called BHI. They're general contractors. They're involved in many industries, but two of their main ones are oil and gas and mining. And Rory, you've got more letters after your name than you do actually in your name. Last year, it was ASP, which I think that's Associate Safety Professional. Yep. But I believe I saw a post on LinkedIn. You've 
actually now gotten your CSP. Is that right? Yeah. So it's been a career long goal of mine to become a certified safety professional. I went and took the exam once and failed it and then was able to take it a second time and earn my CSP. Wow. That's a tough designation to get, huh? Yeah. They have 200 questions and they give you five hours and 45 minutes to complete the test. Oh, wow. So is it true, false, multiple choice, essay? What are we doing here? Mostly multiple choice. And it's difficult because a lot of the choices are correct answers, but you got to choose the best correct answer for the question. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Then you also have a uh, CHST. That's uh, some kind of construction designation, isn't it? Or Yeah, it's a construction health and safety technician. So ASP is associate safety professional. What is that? That's like one level below CSP or? Yeah, the way that the Board of Certified Safety Professionals has it, that's a precursor to get your CSP. And it's more on the management side of safety, whereas a CSP is more on the strategic planning side of safety. Okay. And then on top of that, where did you graduate, Rory? So I just graduated this year from Eastern Kentucky University with a master's degree in safety, security, and emergency management. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. So see you guys, this is a top-rated HSE podcast. As I always say, not because of the host, but because of the quality of guests that we have on the show. And this is just another example. Now, Rory, you're in Utah, right? Correct. Okay. Speaking of being an expert, we're talking about, well, let's just come right out and say it. As when we talk about Christmas blues, that sort of thing, we're, we're actually talking about suicide prevention, which the concept or the suicide, it seems to height at the holiday season. If you're dealing with people who are feeling alone and feeling desperate and all this sort of thing. Like I said, I went back and listened to last year's podcast. Thought about just calling production and saying, why don't you just replay that one? Because I thought it was that good. I thought it was one of the better podcasts of last year. So folks, if you want to, you can do it on Apple or Spotify, but you can go back in the podcast. And it was the very last episode in December of last year. One of the things you started out with in that interview was you said, I'm not really an expert in this. After interviewing you last year, I'd probably tend to argue with you about that. (laughs) But a couple of things. You started out, you were invited to a task force back during COVID. Is that right? Yep. And we called it Spruce. It was Suicide Prevention Resources for Utah Construction Employers, kind of just a hub of information where we could raise awareness of suicides in construction. And one of the reasons you got invited on that, and we talked about this last year, you've kind of had some personal experience with this, right? Yeah. When I was invited, they actually didn't know about that. Oh, really? Yeah. We're all just concerned safety professionals and HR professionals and of general contractors in Utah. We all got together. You know, it was during COVID. They had a heightened awareness of mental health being isolated from each other. And uh, of course, our extremely high numbers in construction. And during that meeting, I actually was one of the first to introduce myself. And I think that was the first time I actually spoke openly about my intervened planned suicide where somebody actually called me while I was getting ready to carry out my plan and ended up saving my life. And that kind of gave permission to everybody else in that group to share their personal experiences with suicide and mental health. And it was probably one of the best meetings that I had ever been in because we were so open and vulnerable with each other. 
Now, let me ask you, was this all men? No, no, it was a group of men and women, professionals in our industries. Okay. This industry is considered a man's industry, although that's changing. There's a lot of women coming into it, but it's considered kind of a tough man industry. And actually, if women get into it, they're kind of considered tough women. Tough folks, they're not usually very good at sharing their feelings and emotions, are they? No. In fact, we're geared not to because we don't want to be seen as sensitive or weak. Yeah. And yet that's when you're at your weakest a lot of times, right? Yeah. When you're experiencing any sort of mental and emotional distress, worst thing you can do is just be quiet about it. But I can't tell you how many people, friends I talk to that in personal conversations, they're dealing with mental health issues and concerns. And just recently, I've heard people say, I can't talk about it. I'm a man. I can't go to therapy. I can't discuss my feelings because of who I am and how people perceive me. But it's not true. I mean, that's a stigma that we've got to definitely break. Yeah. In fact, thank you said last time, one of your goals is and what you think one of the answers tackling this problem is we have to normalize this conversation. If my back hurts or I twist my ankle or whatever, I don't have any problem telling somebody I'm going to the doctor to get an x-ray or whatever. But mental health is as much a part of our health as as physical, right? Oh, absolutely. Why is it so difficult to say, I'm going to go see a therapist, even just for maybe an annual or biannual checkup to make sure that I'm doing okay, to make sure that I can talk about the things that I can't normally talk about? In fact, I just posted on my social media that I've decided to go back to therapy Nothing insane going on in my life, but things I want to actually discuss with a therapist and see if I can get my ego in check and other things. I've gotten to a point where it's not an issue for me to discuss like it was in previous years. That's interesting that you just mentioned that. We talk a lot when we're talking about safety on this show. I talk to all kinds of safety guys, and they say one of the Worst things you can do with your safety program is think that somehow or another you've arrived, you've hit the plateau, and that's it. Because they say if you ever have that attitude, complacency is going to set in and you're just going to cause all kinds of problems if you're not always staying after 10. I guess that's the same thing here. I hadn't thought about it that way, but we get annual physical checkups and it probably wouldn't hurt to get annual mental health checkups, huh? Yep. That's my personal belief in taking care of oneself is meeting with the professional to say, these are the things that I've experienced the past six months. These are the things that I found more difficult. These have been my reactions versus my responses. What can I do to improve the next six months? And they may say, hey, let's get a plan for you. Or, hey, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. And keep working that plan. I think that's maybe the number one admitting that you have a problem. If you want to explore ways of how we deal with this problem, we have to, as you said, normalize the conversation. That's, I mean, we got to be willing to talk about it. We've got to be willing to admit that we may have a problem. It doesn't make us a weak person. Just like if you hurt your back, that doesn't make you a weak person. You need to go get the back fixed. But the thing that happens after that is you have to believe that there is help and hope. Yep. And not only is there help and hope, but the help and hope doesn't do you any good if you don't go get the help. (laughs) Correct. And the hope, right? Yep. I guess the third thing would be you talked about this last year. And let me just see where you think we are now or if we've made any progress or whatever. But one of the things you said in the interview last year, you you hope that we went 
beyond just what we call suicide prevention to uh, you use the term resiliency. Yep. Talk about that. We need to build a resilient workforce. Before we get to the point of crisis where we're thinking the only way out from our suffering is suicide ideation, people don't want to die. They just want the pain to stop. And I want to throw out some statistics before I go on. I am currently taking the QPR gatekeeper instructor course. QPR, it was developed by Dr. Quinette, and it's question, persuade, and refer. Ask somebody, are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking of killing yourself? Persuade them to get help and then refer them to a professional. That's what QPR is. And a gatekeeper is kind of like a first aid provider. A gatekeeper is somebody who can recognize the signs and symptoms of suicide ideation or severe mental health crisis. And in those statistics in this class I'm taking, worldwide, 800,000 suicides per year. That's one person every 11 minutes. In the United States, looking at data from the CDC, we're just under 50,000 suicides annually. Men are at four times higher risk of death by suicide, whereas women are three times higher than men in attempts. Just because we think that it's the male stigma of not stigma, but the numbers are higher for men doesn't mean the attempts aren't made by women. It's just we find more lethal means to do it. There's some striking statistics out there. And if we can get to a resilient workforce, if we can build resiliency, if we could start teaching this in high school and teach people how to be resilient in their life, we're talking about emotional resilience, physical resilience, financial resilience, spiritual resilience, resilience in our relationships. We can get people to a point where they don't reach crisis and maybe drive down those numbers. Dr. Quinette says that this is the most preventable death, but we still have significantly high numbers. And I think that's just because of the taboo and the stigma associated with mental health, resilience being one of those. And I think companies right now are actually doing a really good job at that. I don't think we're there yet. Those numbers are still high, but the conversation is being had. Universities are creating resiliency training. Jacobs, they created an online platform called One Million Lives. You can get to it by going to oml.world forward slash. And it's a platform where people can actually do a personal self-assessment frequently, regularly, daily, weekly, monthly. They can do a quick check-in that asks five questions. And based on those questions, it'll tell you, hey, sounds like you're doing good. Or, hey, your mental health is fair right now. And then it'll offer suggestions based on your answers. Or you could do a full check-in, which is 75 questions, a little bit more in depth. And same thing, it'll tell you if you're good, fair, poor, excellent. And it will give you suggestions and resources with those suggestions based on your answers. It's very private, very personal. And right now, I think they're close to 45,000 people using it. They want to get that out to a million people to do these regular mental health check-ins to show, hey, this is where you're at. That's one thing that we can do to build resiliency is to take those questions and see where we're at and see how we can improve and go to the next day and then check in again in a week and see what areas we've improved on and what areas we need to focus our attention on. There you go, folks. That was worth the price of admission right there. And that's what we always try to provide on this podcast. Rory, 
send me via email that link so that I can put it in the show notes. I know we talked about general safety stuff at our show that aired in January of this year, looking at some of the, as we said, Army leadership principles. But back to the Army, that's part of core Army training is resiliency training, right? We have that in the National Guard monthly. Some of the times I wish our soldiers would take that more seriously. And we get into some of the habits of saying, hunt the good stuff, right? Look for those good things each day. But that's just an aspect of resiliency. There's so much within those lessons that we need to learn and exemplify, internalize. But yeah, it is something that we definitely do regularly to try to stem the tide of suicide and other mental health issues. Well, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or whatever and a Happy New Year. But seriously, if you're struggling with these issues or if you know people who are struggling with these issues, go out there and get the help. And Corey or Rory, I really appreciate you coming on and being willing to be open about it, to share your own story and to talk about these resources that are available out there. Before we sign off here, anything else you want to mention? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to speak on this important subject and wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. The next couple months, December through March, that's when we see the peak of suicides increase. So check on your friends, check on your family, ask them those hard questions and look for those signs. Okay. Well, thanks everybody out there for listening. This has kind of become, as I said, a tradition with us to talk about these mental health issues at this time of the year. Really glad to have Rory come back on and review this. Speaking of review, if you could give us a good review on either iTunes or Spotify or simply the review link that's listed in the show notes, we'd really appreciate it. Please tell your friends to listen, post us on LinkedIn, all your other social media. And we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Knowledge Vine. Their website link and other contact information is also in the show notes, or you can always just contact me and I'll get you in touch directly. Because no matter what level your safety program is on right now, if you want to discover the best human performance improvement training and technologies adapted from the nuclear and aviation industries, then Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting. Knowledge Vine is error reduction that works, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.